If you're here for the interview, which I'm sure you are with Todd Kowalski from Propagandy, please skip ahead to the 2 minute and 40 second mark. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 16 of Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk and rock. It's Talk and Rock with GMH. Welcome to the podcast where we talk rock. I'm your host, GMH, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, we have an amazing interview coming up next with Todd Kowalski from Propagandy. I was so excited to be able to do that interview, especially since um, I had just saw Propagandy, and I was very ready to get him on the show and to get that interview done so I could have him sort of talk about those shows he did, the history uh, of the band since he joined on the show. So that's very exciting. That's coming up next. But let's jump into the song of the week. This week's song of the week is Death Wish by Lolo. I don't know a whole lot about Lolo, but I've been listening to a bit of her music lately. This one is probably my favorite one. Um, This one, I I really like its electronic drum sound along with that heavy like bass that sort of hits and it's got a really powerful sound and a nice like pop punk sound but a little bit of a dark sound to it as well especially with the way the drums were sort of incorporated in there with that electronic sound over top of um those bassy guitars just sort of blaring over i just think it's a super awesome song I just wanted to mention Nathan James, who was on the podcast not too long ago, just released a new song called Appetite. It's it's his best one for sure. I know I, I probably said this the last time I talked about his music, but for real, this one, the production on it's amazing. It's It's a heavier song. So yeah, like go give him support with that one. Go follow him. Go check out that song, Nathan James, Appetite. And yeah, I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Let's jump into the interview I'm sure all of you have been waiting for with Todd from Propagandy. Hey, everyone. So today our special guest on the podcast is Todd from Propagandy. How are you today? Really good. How are you? I'm good. So... Firstly, how did you get started and interested with music? Uh, I guess just listening to my mom's records mostly. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, the first thing I remember ever hearing was some kind of really exciting Russian song called The Saber Dance. And it's kind of like faster than every other thing she listened to, like kind of had the same gallop as like an Iron Maiden song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my first... Uh, so I think I was interested in like kind of the heavier, faster music, like right from like when I was a baby almost. Yeah. And yeah, I just started listening to stuff. And I think it was when I heard Kiss, I was really like taken over the edge in terms of like, I really know that I like faster, heavier, more exciting music. Okay. And then I just kept, uh, yeah, I just kept going, heard Judas Priest and Dio and all that stuff. And and then eventually thrash metal or speed metal, then thrash metal like Venom and uh, Slayer, Sacrifice. Cool. 
And then, yeah, then I started hearing punk bands like Dead Kennedys and MDC and Degwo Abortions and stuff. And yeah, just kept kept on going from there. Mm-hmm. And before Propagandy, what other music projects were you involved with? Uh, I guess the only ones of note would be, uh, I suppose, I Spy, this band we did a split. 10 inch with propaganda and toured with them a few times. Okay. Uh, back, uh, yeah, it was a split 10 inch and CDs we pressed mm-hmm. with uh, us on one side, propaganda on the other side. Okay. And uh, yeah, I would say that. And then me and Chris and uh, James from I Spy were in a band, Last Man on Earth, and we we're kind of doing our thing just a little bit and that, that was probably one of the segues that I ended up in uh, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like yeah, so how did you officially get um I guess chosen to start playing bass with propaganda? Uh well me and Chris lived together for a while, so we were okay. friends. Like uh yeah, we we're just good friends and I can't remember if he was, we were living in the same place at the time when I joined propaganda. No, we weren't actually yet. So we weren't, but we just went out for her. Uh, you, we were just on court and eating these vegan ice cream sandwiches. And he's just like, you want to play bass in propaganda? Actually, I think he said, you want to fill in on bass on propaganda for a while? I was like, yeah, sure. Right. Uh, and then we just, I did. And then it just, yeah, I just, we just kept going like that. Yeah. Um, and remind me, what was the first um, propaganda album you played on? Uh, Today's Empires. Okay, yeah. Um, so in terms of when you first started playing with propaganda um, to now, what do you think has changed musically and in terms of how uh, the band has evolved musically? I guess we just keep practicing and trying to learn more about music mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, just keep trying to sing better. I think that's the biggest change is we just keep working on the vocals. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, I guess we've stayed a similar path, but I guess we try to add more texture. Like today's empires is like kind of dense and rushed and like yeah. kind of everything's kind of fast. Yeah. Uh, nowadays we're kind of like branching all over the place, but trying to maintain that kind of heavy, fast kind of core for ourselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, you just finished um, the three shows here in Winnipeg. How was it to yeah. be back on stage? In front uh, of good. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. You know, it's uh, like we were so tight in jamming, like, and then you get to the stage and you start going hard and it's like, you realize how hard it is to be tight and be going hard at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was really fun. I think it, uh, maybe the sh- first show was kind of loose second show tightened up and then the shirt third show tightened up again. But I think both me and Chris forgot lyrics a few times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well I made it out to, uh, the third show and, um, you guys sounded amazing and oh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just great to, see a live show like that but also to have that one of those first live shows back being you guys because it was uh it was really great um now in terms of like not being able to um tour and play as much or at (laughs) all with the pandemic um did you feel like you had to 
work a little bit more to remember or to learn some uh, songs for these shows? Yeah, I had to go back and relearn a whole bunch that I forgot how to play. Even the ones we played so many times, I forgot like for a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. But I would say like most of the songs we're back, like we're back in action, like within two days, you know, we're already like, okay, this is sounding pretty good already. A couple of them were sounding good, like the first day back and a few took a little while, you know, like the more involved ones or ones we hadn't played in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I guess being back in front of uh, Winnipeg and playing those shows, um, is it a good feeling to know that there's still a whole lot of people interested in wanting to listen to Propagandi? Yeah, it's really cool. It, uh, yeah, it's always a good feeling to see. And it was nice to have people that hadn't seen us get in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when we added the Friday, it was all kinds of... Uh, like it didn't sell out as instantly as the other ones. So like more yeah. people that like aren't so like on their computer keen about it. Yeah. Like get in and yeah, it kind of, kind of felt nice to branch out for play for so many people. And, you know, I hadn't seen so many people there that like, uh, like, you know, you see people, you know, just in the crowd, you're like, right. oh, like I haven't seen them for a couple of years, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, in terms, I want to ask a couple of questions about Victory Lap because that personally is my favorite Propagandi album. Um, All right, I, I just feel like musically and in terms of production, it's just, um, in my opinion, the best. So in terms of that, what sort of changed production-wise um, from previous albums before with Victory Lap? Uh, well, it was recorded by jp and then mixed by uh jason livermore at the blasting room which is the same as the record uh failed states okay i think just failed states at first was mastered by someone different than jason okay and we went later on a year later and got it remastered by jason so mm. uh but i guess it's just the luck of the draw or whatever or everyone maybe getting mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe everyone's improving on getting their own individual sounds and yeah. JP got a little better, Jason got a little better or something and we all put a, a lot of diligence into it so yeah, I guess it just kind of worked out. It, it could be just, you know, maybe I don't know, the mics were placed different or something or, yeah. you know, guitar tone just is a little different or something. Yeah, and um, going, like with propaganda, do you guys have a specific um, general approach to writing, or does it change every time, um, depending on what you're writing about, what's sort of going on in the world, and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's kind of tough. I would say generally we kind of have some riffs and some lyrics, and then try to like, like see what lyrics or what feeling fits the riffs, you know, or what vision comes into our head to mm-hmm. fit this particular riff, and then we jam a little bit and like, if it's my tune, I work on the lyrics. If it's Chris's tune, he works on the lyrics generally. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just, you know, like you have all your riffs and you just hope you get the jamming and like, you hope that it snowballs into something out of control. Great. You know, that's what, that's the hope. Like just, you hope that it's better than what you even walked in with. Yeah. And, um, 
like with the pandemic, do you feel like you've had um, more time on your hands to sort of work at music and I guess different sorts of arts for you? Do you feel like you've had more time on your hands to do that? Uh, yeah, I, I practiced so much guitar and stuff over the last couple of years. Like I felt like a quite a big improvement, you know, I just kept working on my vocals and yeah, I take singing lessons and stuff. So I just kept working on that a lot. Okay. I can feel a huge, huge improvement in that in my uh, lessons and that like it's like from two years ago, a completely different story, I think. Yeah. Uh, although like sometimes in our songs, like I, I sing like not with the technique, you know, of the singing at all. Mm. Uh, so like those songs are kind of out the door for that particular thing. But yeah. I think my next batch of songs will have better singing than the previous records, I hope. Okay. Yeah. And may I ask, in terms of um, sort of that guitarist switch that you had um, bringing in Sulin, um, yeah. was it um, an easy transition for the band to bring in a different guitarist or was it difficult at first? Uh, it was difficult to think about who to bring, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we had all these people try out and like by time you whittle it down to the people who can actually play the songs successfully, like the like a lot of people uh, can really ballpark the songs kind of well, but uh, yeah. The amount of people that could actually play them tightly that we'd be confident in was really kind of small, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, well, I think I can't. I think we, yeah, we had our little list whittled down to probably five or six people, and then mm-hmm. talked to Sue Lin, and yeah, I thought they were awesome, and just gave them a chance. Yeah, um, and in terms of uh, Victory Lap, did uh, they play on? the entire album or did he still um uh well we had uh, actually beef played on some of it and okay. chris played a lot yeah it was kind of like a mixed bag of like okay yeah uh because sulin actually didn't know the songs until like like we kind of are like working on our songs right until the last second so it's hard okay. to it's, hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just just the complexity of like of navigating it all like even like doing the double guitars, it was like, you know, it seemed smarter to just say to Beaver, like, here are you, songs that you know already. Can you play the second guitar, you know? Right. Because you like, you're in the studio under like time limits and all that. So it's yeah. uh, just to, for Chris to like think about doing the vocals and doubling the guitars, you know? And yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's kind of a, like, it seems not too hard, but it is hard, you know? Because like, some things are coming and you're still having you're still learning how to perfect them as you're going into the studio and mm-hmm. playing all this stuff and shuffling stuff around and getting the right tempos that you want to play everything at it's just like, mm-hmm. uh yeah to, yeah it's a lot to, it's a lot to juggle so yeah right. yeah and the thing that i like a lot about propaganda is how um you guys just keep getting better and better and instead of as time goes on, sort of letting go of certain areas of uh, music and not uh, being as serious towards, um, I guess, your full sound. And I appreciate how much work you guys put into, especially that live sound and um, being able just to still sound amazing. Um, In terms of, like, 
rehearsals and practicing? What sort of goes into that before a show or before a session of any kind? Yeah, quite a bit of practice. Like we started getting together like probably a month and a half ago to get ready for the shows. And okay. And I just, uh, we do whatever kind of it takes, I guess. Like the songs that are doing good, just, you know, just practice them. At, well, actually, we're practicing uh, usually before, like, run, like, we do, like, break them up into packs of like eight songs, you know, like today we'll do these eight songs. And yeah. you can sit at home and practice if you need to break out a metronome or, you know, whatever, like, play along with, uh, you know, what guitar profiles are. Because we did the tab books, uh, like they yeah. put the, all our songs on guitar. Right. So you could, yeah, we could have our choices. Oh, do I want to play along on guitar pro or do I want to play along with the record? And then sometimes we'll actually change songs just slightly. Uh, yeah. So then, you know, add in our changes and we record our practice jams and, you yeah. know, send ourselves the things so we can kind of keep, keep tabs on whether we're doing all right or not. You know? Yeah. Um, and in terms of, I guess, sort of getting back at it, was there a specific song that you found most difficult to perform live again? Uh, I would say, if you ask Jordy, he'd say uh, Cointel Pro. Okay. Uh, if you ask me, I would say, for me, the hardest one is Night Letters because it's actually kind of out of my singing range and it's there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah. Like it just, and it just starts like, over this blast beat with the bass and singing, you know, just kind of going at the same time. So it's, yeah. So it's just sort of kind of a lot to juggle. Like by the time the song starts and ends, it's like, like I can't, don't even have time to think. It's just like starts and then it's done. It's like, okay, next song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in terms of playing live, you especially, like you always look like you're very um, into the music and excited to be there. Um, is it the music that sort of fuels that energy on stage or is it um, just the feeling of playing in front of people? I think it's mostly the tunes, you know, and just, uh, but obviously playing them in front of people, like, yeah, it's just, just kind of a fun thing to do, I suppose. Yeah. You know, like all, I, I always have like, like you want people to feel if possible the way that, like I, or sorry, I want people to feel the way that I felt when I watched my favorite bands as a kid. You know, like as right. you or or like even Kiss or something. You know, like the first time I saw Kiss, I was so stoked. Mm-hmm. Like if if uh, somehow, like of course we don't have all the bombs and pyro and stuff, but like underlying, like like you don't really cheer about bombs and pyro. It's the band and the tunes, you know. So right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just. Uh, I think it's just the vibe, you know, like, can you put across <laughs> the vibe of these people so we're all feeling it, you know? Right. But ultimately, it's the riffs, you know, you're just, uh, yeah, the riffs, bring me more riffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess you were sort of talking about working at singing a little bit more. Are you looking to sing um, a lot more coming up in more propaganda? Uh, it's always the goal is to have songs. It's just... Uh, it's just hard to make them to come together the way I want sometimes or uh yeah I me mean, it's the lyrics like I just sometimes have a hard time getting the lyrics into the tunes but I have about probably 
like 12 different songs kind of on the go right now. And okay. I know Chris does too, because he sent me a whole bunch. So like, we're not lacking material. We're just lacking it together, you know, like, yeah. Like what's a presentable thing that can be on a record that right. sounds awesome. You know, that's our really only goal. Yeah. Do you sort of feel like at this point in your career with propaganda, you're sort of able to, make music whenever you feel like it and you don't feel um as much of a rush or um necessarily a need compared to some other bands um i don't think so i think it's just some some people or at certain points in everyone's life yeah it's easier to do something than other times you know like just like maybe you overthink it or you expect too much. I think that's our problem is we just expect so much from ourselves that yeah. it almost becomes a hindrance, a hindrance sometimes, you know, so mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, we just like, we just wanted to rule, you know, and it's like, like in reality, like everybody walking the earth is the same in a way that like, like a song is just doesn't exist. Right. Right. So like, it's no easier for us to pull a song out of thin air than it is for anyone else who plays a guitar. So yeah, it's like, how do you make it special and not just, you know what I mean? Like how, how yeah, do you yeah. make it special and not just a song like, you know, that's kind of half baked and yeah, it's just, right. Yeah. It's just a, a challenge, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, this next question I ask, close to the end of uh, pretty much every interview. So I'm going to ask you, do you have any advice for either musicians who are just getting started, musicians in general, or bands that are just starting to get their name out there? Do you have any advice for those people? I would say think about uh, just the songs and the, what you want to say and do. Like, don't worry about too much about all the social media and yeah and uh you know like trying to get popular and all that like if you just play the songs and just play with heart like people people will will notice you know Mm -hmm. like people gravitate towards uh something that moves them like i think that's about it you know no matter what you're doing just uh just try to be honest about it and just right just play because you want to play like I just know like even from the like when I was like way earlier in the 90s or whatever like mm-hmm. so many people I think shot themselves in the foot trying to trying to become more popular you know it just yeah it started I don't know like just be like oh just don't even don't even worry just just play you know yeah yeah for sure and I feel like that's definitely an important message with uh, musicians in the world today um, because the music should come first and often yeah. nowadays it doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. if it doesn't, it's almost like, what's the point then, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, so like literally like, what is the point? <laughs> like, I don't understand. And also keep in mind that like, if you don't try on your songs and your band's successful, you might have to play those songs for the next 20 years. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, thank you, Gregory. Thanks for coming to the show and rocking it in the front row and all that stuff. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so, so much to Todd for coming on the show. It was a real pleasure to have him on. I hope you all enjoyed the interview in this episode. If you can, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TalkinRockPod and visit our website, TalkinRockPod.com, for more information. Well, that's it for this week. See you all next week. I'm your host, GMH, signing off. Let's talk and rock. It's Talking Rock with GMH.